Hi, hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Educated Fan. My name is Brandon, and I am joined here by your co-host, my best friend, Andrew Moore. It's another sad No Victory Monday. Man, this one's tough to swallow. Um, It it looked like we were actually going to get a W in Pittsburgh for once. And I... I think the episode title honestly just says it all. There's just too much to overcome. I think, I think today I'm going to do a lot of defending of the Colts. Um, but I think it, it's just a, just a combination of all the things you, you lose your starting offensive tackles. You can't score in the second half. You're fighting officiating all day to keep the other team in it. And, and you lose out and, and it's tough to stomach because this one probably it wouldn't have officially secured a playoff spot for the Colts, but it pretty much 99% the Colts will be in the playoffs. And now we've got to, we've got to hope some other teams lose in order to get in. So it's a tough one to swallow. And, and one that I think Colts fans and, and this Colts team might look, might think about for a very long time. So tough, just, just tough day. Yeah, it's not fun to be I mean, we're not on the outside looking in. We're still on the in, you know, we're still on the inside, but uh we could very easily hop on over to the outside if uh we decide to lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars again. Um it'd be much better to be in well, control of we, our own destiny. We actually are on the outside. We're the 8th seed right now. Oh, good. After after everything that transpired today, we're the 8th seed and seven teams go to the playoffs. So, you know what? the three wild card spots right now are Baltimore, Miami, and Cleveland and we're the we're the man out. So, we we need to be cheering for some other teams next weekend and we got to take care of business against Jacksonville, which is a team we should have beaten week 1 that if we did, we wouldn't be in this kind of predicament. So, uh that, that loss is starting to look like a bigger impact than we had ever thought it really would have early in the season. Yeah. Um, let's dive into it. The Colts lost 28-24 against the Steelers today in Pittsburgh, obviously. Um, first half looked good. First half looked real good. We were up 17, I think, uh, after the first drive of the second half. So we went into halftime up 14. Uh, I mean, the offense looked good. Offense looked real good. The defense looked real good in the first half. Um, and then I don't know. I, I, I assume that, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin went in and said, Hey, we're down by 14 and we do not care, you know? So, um, here we are, uh, we blew it in the second half. Yeah, the the offense did start very well. Um, minus the strip sack that uh, T.J. Watt had on Philip Rivers, which ended up being huge in the outcome of this game, the offense was rolling. I mean, Jonathan Taylor was eating up yards constantly, and he had two touchdowns in the first half. Uh, Philip Rivers, that that one play where he was able to maneuver within the pocket and then just throw a fifty yard dart to Zach Pascal in the end zone, that was beautiful. That absolutely was absolutely gorgeous. beautiful, and you you see that, and the and the Colts go up at at that point. I think it was, yeah, it was twenty one to seven at that point that the Colts went up, and and you're you're thinking, man, I don't I don't know if the Pittsburgh can come back from this, um, and and I, I just think that I don't think that the Colts really even let off the gas per se. 
I just think that that the Steelers started figuring things out. I know I texted you about halfway through the game. Uh, it might have even been towards the end of the first half when the Steelers started doing more up tempo stuff. Right. That they were they were having some success against the Colts defense and and really the Colts defense. I I don't even know if you put this on the Colts defense. I. I generally thought they played well. I mean, that, that goal line stand when Pittsburgh drives all the way down the field and then you have phenomenal plays by uh, by, by Kari Willis, by, by TJ Carey, by Xavier Rhodes, and, and, and the officials even gifted them another first down to try to go for, for that when, when they called a pass interference on, Chase, on Xavier Rhodes guarding Chase Claypool in the end zone, right. which uh, another absurd call. We'll, we'll talk about officiating, don't you worry. But I, I don't really put this on the defense. And I, I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying that the defense can't can't do that. But the thing is, there were so many times where the defense had them beat and and stupid penalties that, that really weren't penalties screwed this defense over. Yep. And, and, and back to the offense, I think the offense, it, it just sputtered in the second half. And Frank Reich and Phillip Rivers kind of talked about this after the game. Um, the, the Steelers started trying, started playing a lot more of their base defense and it was causing the Colts to kind of check out of some run plays. They, they knew the Colts wanted to run the ball and the Colts were having success running the ball. A lot of success. Oh yeah. And then the Steelers just started loading the box and, and we're bringing constant pressure. And Frank, Reich talked about if you run into, if you run right into pressure, you're going to get blown up. So, Again, I saw a lot of Colts fans on Twitter after the game saying how why why did we get away from Jonathan Taylor running the ball? Why why didn't we pound it more? Well, would you rather Jonathan Taylor you still and I get his touches? But then yeah, would you rather Jonathan Taylor still get his touches and get loss of two yards or no yard gain? Or would you rather Phil try to get it try to check out and get us into the right play so we can so we can continue to move ball, the ball down the field? And and honestly, the Colts this year when teams have stacked the box, I feel like when, when Phyllis checked out of it, we've, we've had success because we've been able to get the one-on-ones with, with T Y Hilton, Michael Pittman, Jr. Jack Doyle, et cetera, et cetera. And, and we've been able to make plays. And, and honestly, it just comes down to, we didn't execute in the past game today. No, we did not. Um, and part of that was Phillip rivers. I mean, we were missing both of our uh, offensive tackles. I mean, you know, he was under a lot of pressure. Costanzo went out this week. We didn't expect that. Braden Smith pop up on the COVID list. Uh, didn't expect that, really. Um, I think both of those popped up, what, Friday and Saturday? I mean, it's 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 hard to account for those two things. I mean, we have enough trouble when one of our tackles is out. And this week, we were missing both of them. So, um, I mean, Phil was in a lot of trouble the whole right. time. Um, and I don't, I don't know if... if we were going downfield too much today, um, but it it wasn't working. Aside from that one dart, like you said, to Zach Pascal, if you ask me. Yeah, and and we that can't be understated enough, though the loss of Anthony Costanzo and and Braden Smith. I mean, we 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 talked about it earlier in the year when we were missing one or the other. How big how big of an impact that would have. Be- because those two guys are just so crucial to our success. Well, now you're without both of them. And 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 not only with that, I mean, say what you will about LaRaven Clark, and I'm one of the biggest haters on LaRaven Clark there is, I think, out of the, any of the Colts podcasters. 
Lightman Clark is was our backup tackle and he's down. So right. we're basically he's on back our up for both third sides. string backup for both sides. So we're basically on our third string right tackle in Chaz Green. We were on our third string left tackle in Will Holden, who goes down with an ankle injury himself in the game. And they put Jamarcus Webb in the game, who literally was signed to the practice squad and elevated this week. So when you're on your fourth string left tackle and your third string right tackle, how many teams are going to be able to win those games, especially against a team in in Pittsburgh? Yeah, they've been sliding. They're they're still the the AFC North division champs. They've still won now 12 games this year. Well, they wouldn't have been. You know, but you you get what I'm saying. They're they're a playoff team. Yeah. And and how many – you're not going to beat a playoff team – too many times when you're down to your fourth string left tackle and your third string right tackle. And I also saw some idiots. I, I I mean, Colts Twitter, you guys just need to chill the hell out. People after a loss just love to go to social media and, and blurt out the first thing they, they think about. I saw people saying that this is all on Chris Ballard for not making sure we have, we have tackles. Literally no team in the NFL is really going to have a chance to win if they're down to their fourth string left tackle. It's hard enough to find two good tackles. No, Andrew, that's not true. There's there's good tackles everywhere on the street. You can just pick them up. That's why (laughs) they don't pay. That's why they don't pay them very much. Apparently that's why the Colts are just missing because there's so many of these big dudes are on the street that can come in and play high level NFL football. People. Yeah. Have you ever seen that movie with Mark Wahlberg? (laughs) <laughs> what is it? The, the football uh, or the that Eagles one. one? Yeah, you get it. Um, <laughs> yeah, like people, people just need to chill the hell out. This isn't on Chris Ballard. The Colts are just—they had bad luck this week because of the tack in the tackle situation. Could the Colts have won this game even without them? Sure. Should they have? Probably. But at the same time, this is a huge blow to this Colts team that, that Anthony Costanzo wasn't feeling right about that. His knee, he's not still not 100%, obviously. And, and him going down or downgraded to out yesterday was huge. Braden Smith popping up on the COVID-19 list on, on Christmas. That's, Christmas. That's the NFL. That's the NFL in 2020. I mean, you, you just can't, you can't fight. You can't. There's nothing you can do about that. And and when you're down your starting left tackles, guys that are that play at a Pro Bowl level, it, it doesn't matter if no team is going to be able to recover from that. And and the Philip Rivers has been sacked 14 times this year. Before today, he was sacked five times today, if that, that tells you anything. So Jonathan Taylor though. I mean, he seemed to be on such a tear that it I mean, if we could have just found a way to keep getting the ball in his hands to create positive plays, um, mm-hmm. it, you know, maybe makes do some outright outside runs, do some tosses. I don't care what we got to do, get him the ball because he he is. And I think Stephen Holder tweeted about it. He's he said, I don't think I've ever seen a rookie progress throughout their for like make such so much progress uh, from the beginning of the year to the end um, as he's seen in Jonathan Taylor. And I, I agree with him. Um, I mean, he's the yards after uh, yards after contact too. We talked about this last week of an absurd. So, you know, I, I think the passing success we had early in the game was, you know, a lot to the credit of the success of Jonathan Taylor in the run game. Um, so, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it, although I understand, you know, there were more people in the box, this and that, 
you got to find a way to run the ball somehow anyhow, especially when you're just getting blown up. Uh, Your offensive line is just letting Phil Rivers get the shit kicked out of him, essentially. Yeah, and and I do agree with you there. uh, By no means am I saying that the play calling in the second half was good. Uh, Frank Reich even admitted the play calling wasn't great after – after the game and what? and and there were a lot of times where the Steelers where they had run calls played like run plays called like I said and and they had to check out of it but 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 there are points where we do need to get Jonathan Taylor the ball yeah there are some points where you need to give it to JT who has been hot for weeks now go behind your Pro Bowl guard and Quentin Nelson your Pro Bowl center and Ryan Kelly and, and just run the ball and He's- the Steelers defensive line, I mean, you know it as well as I do. TJ Watt, Stephon Tuitt, uh, Cam Hayward, they're studs. <laughs> they are studs. And Did and, you see the play real quick where TJ Watt just reached his hand out and grabbed uh, Naheem Hines like, oh, by the man. ball and just turned him around with one arm? And Naheem, like, panicked so much that, like, he thought he was going to fumble the ball because TJ got what? TJ Watt got one hand out there and put it on the ball to the point where he had to kind of spin around and just go down. Yeah, I mean, that's he's probably going to win defensive player of the year. TJ Watt is a phenomenal football player. And and honestly, if Watt doesn't get his arm around Hines in the ball right there, Hines probably takes it for six. There were so many times where Naheem Hines was was about to break it open and just something happened. And and it's it, it, honestly, if he was open, we're probably talking about a Colts win. Um today instead but if, if the Colts score a touchdown on that opening drive in the second half we're probably talking about a Colts win I was saying before that drive I said if yeah. we score a touchdown here I think that's it like I mean we'd have to have an abysmal I mean to to really lose that like a field goal is like okay door's still open and obviously it was um or if we would have done anything you know with the ball at the end of the first half when we were given that opportunity that was just a shit show um right Oh, God, I was going to say something. Oh, that final drive, the final drive of the game. Um, Naheem, I, I mean, it felt like every successful play other than, I think, one to T.Y., and we finally, we, we finally got a pass interference call. Um, dump off to Naheem Hines to the left. Dump off to Naheem Hines to the left. Dump off to Naheem mm-hmm. Hines to the left. First of all, where is Jonathan Taylor in any of this? I understand that Naheem is the passing back, but, like, Jonathan Taylor, one, needs to develop in that department, uh, and two, he's already not too damn bad in that department. But um, one of those plays, it was almost a two-minute warning. Naheem could have broke one off to the middle, but he it was like he didn't realize, hey, I don't got to get out of bounds on this play. And he just, same thing, just caught the ball, ran diagonal out of bounds, gained a few yards. Um What'd you see in that uh, last drive where we just couldn't quite make it? Yeah, uh, and I don't really have too much of a problem with that because I would rather have a running back that that knows to look for the sidelines, and, oh, yeah. and instead of one that's constantly just goes to the middle of the field. So, I mean, either way, he probably won't, it wasn't going to be more another five yards. What's in the grand scheme of things, it, it wouldn't help really anyway. Uh, but he, I I don't really have a problem with Naheem being in there because is i mean he while jonathan taylor needs to develop 
he can develop that at another time, not when the Colts need to have their best playmakers in. And Naheem Hines is the best guy as far as being able to catch the ball and getting him him out in space in, in the passing game. I don't have a problem with that. I, I, I do have a problem with with how – I guess with the types of plays that might've been called um, it almost seemed on that final drive, because it almost seemed like they were constantly looking for that big, that big play when, when there was still plenty of time left to go. So much I think time. The Colts, I think the Colts turned the ball over on downs and there was like a minute 19 left. I mean, I could have been, I, I, would, be I wouldn't have been upset if they ran the ball once or twice. Honestly, yeah. I, I wouldn't yeah. have been too upset about that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either, and and so I think maybe that's that's where the issue was. Um, it was almost like we were trying to look for those big shots, and, and I'm I'm glad T. Y. Hilton was able to get that big play. Should have been a pass interference call on that final drive where T. Y. just gets shoved in the back, but um, that's that's how it goes when you're playing against the Steelers and and the officials. But yeah, well, I mean the I NFL think, doesn't want to. Play. The last thing I'll say, yeah. I think the last thing I'll say on the play calling, though, um, is, again, Colts fans and Colts Twitter, the, the same people that will call Phil, uh, Frank Reich the best play caller in the entire league one week will be next week saying that the Colts should give play calling duties to Nick Sirianni. I mean, yeah, the play calling wasn't great, but at the same time, you got to credit the Steelers, too, for what they did. And Frank Reich came out and said it was bad. Yes, it, was, it wasn't great in the second half. But, but you can't put that all on Reich. You still have to put that on the players to execute because the Phillip Rivers had a couple passes that were off. The offensive line didn't do a great job of blocking. Um, the, the the officials missed, missed plenty of calls. So it's it's a combination of the whole thing, which I think contributed to the offense just having not having much success in the second half. And unfortunately, it just, it just bit us in the butt. Yeah, and, you know, I'm a little irritated thinking you, you made a good point because I was – I was fully prepared to shit on the defense in their second half performance. But I mean, like you said, how many, how many times did they make a stop, uh, you know, third down stop and it, it it's ruined by a penalty that re- realistically isn't a penalty. I mean, I, I, I was sitting here, I didn't even, you're right. I, I was going to sit here and say the Colts are bad in the second half the last couple weeks instead of the first half. Um, I even had, I even listened to somebody on, you know, they, this was before the game, and I was like, "Are you? You're a joker, right?" Like they're like, lately anybody can move the ball against this Colts defense, um, but I, I don't know. Maybe they're not watching to see that. And I don't want to be the guy complaining about officiating every week and all the time, but I mean, it, it it legitimately feels like the NFL doesn't want the Colts to succeed. I'm I'm telling you, those refs are being told to call shit against the Colts against two big the two biggest names we played all year, Packers and the Steelers. We are sitting in a situation where we're legitimately mind-boggled by penalties. I mean, like, we're talking about stuff saying, oh, my God, I've never seen anything like this before. And this is two times that's happened to us. And I honestly, it, even if it was if it was because it was going both ways, where where calls were being made against one team and the other, or, or there were just no calls for both sides, I wouldn't have a problem with that, but it... it this is me trying to be as unbiased and try to take my, my Colts fandom out of it. There was just so many plays that, 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 that flags come out and they're having an impact on the game. The officials 
say what you will about, oh, the Colts should have should have overcame that. The officials had an impact on the game. And growing up and everything that I've over here heard over the years is officials should not be having an impact on the game. They should just be there to 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 make sure the game is being played within the lines and fairly between both teams. But when you have a play where where Chase Claypool legitimately pushes Rocky Sin and there's no offensive pass interference call because yep. otherwise Rock has taken that to the house the other way. That's an easy pick six for Rock. Yep. And then the very next play, they throw it at the ball on the complete opposite side of the field, but then they call Xavier Rhodes for illegal contact on the complete opposite side of the field away from the play where initially the wide receiver is the one that goes and initiates the contact on Xavier Rhodes. Yep. He kind of just stands there and takes it and doesn't even push back. There's another time where, where there's a pass interference called on, on Kenny Moore that, that gets the Steelers deep inside uh, the Colts territory. Yep. The same exact play happens to T Y Hilton and absolutely nothing is called. There were times where, uh, there was one on the on the last play of the game when Philip Rivers was throwing it to Zach Pascal. Zach Pascal gets hit, and that's a defenseless receiver. That should be a penalty on the Steelers. Nothing is called. Uh, the big play right before the half where Naheem Hines takes it and almost gets a touchdown, and they call a block in the back on Mark Glowinski, who already, who already has his man beaten, is falling down, and basically just places it back. Not, it wasn't even to initiate a block. And it's called back. There was never just, a lack of that 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 block in the back. Like, granted, Lewinsky probably doesn't need to put his hands on the guy's back and shove, but there they were in they were in constant contact. That that defender spun like he 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 turned around. He turned his back to the player that was already blocking him. It doesn't make any sense. And then another miscall, Andrew, um, was. I think on the drive that the Steelers went down and scored the touchdown to win that put them ahead, I, they threw a screen pass that the ball's still in the air and the blocking receiver is already laying a block on a res, uh, our cornerback. Mm-hmm. Last I checked, uh, contact to a player who is able to make a play on the ball while the ball's in the air is pass interference. The one, the the one bad call I saw missed for. For in this that that worked out for us was one really really bad hold uh, on I think Chaz Green against T.J. Watt. I mean it was bad bad. I saw it live like in the moment. I don't mm-hmm. know how that didn't get called. And we did end up going to score a touchdown on that uh, that drive. So other than that, I mean the Colts were just getting bent over. Yeah, but but it, but the thing is too these these penalties that are happening they're always causing the the Steelers to extend drives it's almost like every time the Steelers would get into a bad situation on a drive these penalties bailed them out over and over and over yep. and over again and 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 people are saying like you got to overcome that but the thing is you can't overcome that when it's consistently putting you behind in drives and giving the Steelers second and third and fourth and fifth time Fifth chance is on the yep. same damn drive to go and score a touchdown. I think there was one uh, drive we had four penalties on one drive, or maybe it was the half. Maybe they said four this half. I don't remember. I mean, there were even times where Tony Romo was saying that it was weak and that it wasn't a good call and everything on the broadcast. And 
Uh, it's just, it's, it's very ridiculous. It's embarrassing for the, for the NFL. Um, it's embarrassing for the NFL officiating how it, it seems like it's no matter which crew it is every single week, they always have an impact on the game and a good officiating is not supposed to have an impact on the game. Good officiating shouldn't be noticed and if there's actually a foul there you call it but not these little ticky tack fouls where where what's really pass interference or pass interference is something for one team and it's something else for another that's terrible officiating it's bad for the game it makes us question the integrity of what what the nfl really wants to do with with certain teams winning and and within different markets and we shouldn't be having these conversations right now. And it's something that, that is happening week after week after week. And I'm sure the Colts aren't the only team that's affected. And, and the NFL needs to figure well, they're it not. out because people are getting pissed off. They're and, not. And, and, and start losing fans before it. They're not. And I'm probably being, you know, a little hard on my little conspiracy theory when I say, you know, the NFL just hates the Colts and doesn't want them in the playoffs. But, um, I mean, something similar happened to – the Dolphins the other night, and they still managed to win despite this penalty and, and going down in the game. Um, Fitz Magic, that's how they won. But um, they they got a pass interference call down the field. The defender put his hand on the receiver. Did not, I mean, but it did not interrupt any sort of motion at all on the receiver. He just touched him. And the ball was overthrown. He missed. I mean, he did nothing to impede the receiver's ability to catch the ball. Flag. I mean, it's it's little stuff like that all the time. Every game you watch. I mean, there's some games I go. Are, is there going to be a play without a penalty? It's not even like you called it. Ticky tack calls. Why are we making the ticky tack calls? Let these guys. Let these grown men play football. Well, and it does. It slows the game down. It doesn't make it fun. If there's a flag on every single play, it's like it's exhausting. Sometimes I'm thinking to myself, like, what the hell am I watching? This isn't fun to watch. Like, there's yeah. there's less flags in college football than there are in the NFL sometimes. And and if anything, the college guys are the one that's making more mistakes than the NFL guys. So it's it's really absurd. And I, I'm just so sick of talking about how bad the officiating is week after week. I really am. Either way, Andrew, when you lose the turnover battle two to zero, the result is typically you lose the game. And the Colts defense uh, was not able to create any today. Uh, unlike it feels like every other week this year. I mean, it feels like we've mm. turned the ball over. I think every single week, um, or they we've created turnovers, but two on Phil. The one, I, I mean, you can't really blame Phil for getting hit in the pocket when he's trying to throw the ball. Um, I didn't really think there was any opportunity for him to get rid of it any faster. Um, and then the interception, I mean, what are the odds that Phillip Rivers overthrows somebody? <laughs> Realistically. Well, I, I I talked about it on our preview episode when, when me and you were kind of getting into it that, that I really thought that whoever would win the turnover battle would win the game. And I just, I thought the Colts had a chance to do it. Uh, the strip sack by TJ Watt, really set up the Steelers and kept a minute because otherwise that that touchdown doesn't happen the Colts go down and at least get a field goal um it's it's actually 24 to nothing at the end of the half and I don't think the Steelers come back from that at all right. um and then the, the second one Phil I mean it was a bad decision by Phil he forced it was he was just trying to make a play do I really fault Phil for that no I do I think it really had an out 
impact on the outcome of the game? Yes. Not really. I mean, maybe a little bit because they scored, but at the same time, the the Colts had other opportunities. We were falling apart. Back from we were falling apart, and, and they didn't. So, it's it's. But like like I said, they, when when our defense doesn't force any turnovers against a team like Pittsburgh, where I mean. Roethlisberger gave it up. I uh, had a couple chances where the Colts could make a play and, and they just didn't. So yeah. if I, if I had to put anything on the defense, I, I would say that is they didn't force, they didn't force any turnovers today. We didn't really get as much pressure on Ben mm-hmm. as I thought we would, but at the same time, I mean, they were, Ben was just getting rid of the ball so quickly. There really wasn't a chance to. So those two things, I think that's where Pittsburgh had success and, Ultimately, that's that. That was a big key in how they won today. Also, Philip River—that's the first interception he's thrown in three games. Okay, so mm-hmm. I I almost want to say get him out of you know maybe throw two next week. I don't give a damn. Just get it out of your system now. Let's hopefully get into the playoffs. Um, not looking that way. And speaking of playoffs, Andrew, let's talk playoff scenarios. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, if the Colts win next week and the Dolphins lose, we're in. I believe the Dolphins, if they would they if they would have lost to the Raiders, the, and all we would have had to have done was win today or next Sunday. So I just assume them losing next Sunday and us winning next Sunday is enough. Also, if the Titans lose out and we win this next Sunday, or do we win the division still? I think we let, do. Let me do. Let me do some educating here. So let's for the, let's just do for the Colts to make the playoffs. The, if the Colts obviously have to win next week against Jacksonville in Indy, and then one of two things has to happen. Either Cleveland loses to Pittsburgh or Miami loses to Buffalo. So if you're a Colts fan, you're also going to be cheering hard for Pittsburgh and for, for Buffalo next week. And both those teams will be playing their starters because they're going to be going for the number two seed. So they, they shouldn't be resting anybody. Um, those are just to make the playoffs. Really, uh, Baltimore, if they lose, they're out as well. But I think they're playing um, – I forget who Baltimore's playing, but I – they, they might be playing the Bengals or somebody. Either way, the, the Bengal, uh, the Ravens should have an easy win. So we Bengals can't really hard to beat. That. They did beat uh, Houston today. Um, did they? I did not see Pittsburgh. that. They beat Pittsburgh last week. But anyways, now if if Tennessee loses tonight against Green Bay, because we're recording this before the Sunday night game, then the Colts can still get in by winning the division if they beat Jacksonville and Houston, which – lost again today to Cincinnati and looks like they're continuing to spiral. If yeah, I don't Houston think there's some, a chance in hell Houston beats Tennessee. If Houston somehow beats Tennessee and, and Tennessee loses tonight against Green Bay, then the Colts would win the division if they beat Jacksonville. So Got that's it. the least likely scenario to happen, in my opinion. So I think as Colts fans, you're huge fans of the Steelers and you're a huge fan of the Bills next week, and uh, hopefully one of them gets it done. I imagine the Bills get it done. The Bills look real good. I if I'm if uh, if I'm Kansas City, I'm not looking forward to a meeting with the Bills right now. To be honest, I think in the AFC, um, that's probably the only team they're really you know even close to being nervous about. If you ask me, but um, injuries: Anthony Costanzo missed due to they said knee ankle, but really it was a knee. Uh, missed today's game. Kari Willis concussion during the game did leave the game he got he sacked big ben 
He did. I tweeted about it. He looked like Bob Sanders out there. He was Fantastic. coming. Kari played a great game. Kari had that pass breakup on Eric Ebron, which was kind of a hold. But, hey, the officials actually let one go for once. But yeah. it would really sting if Kari Willis isn't able to play next week against Jackson. I really wish somebody would have knocked Eric Ebron's block off, but I saw everybody playing grab ass with him instead. Um, wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. concussion being evaluated. I did not know that. Uh, did he leave the game or – I thought he was out there till the end. I don't. I. I. I'm not sure if if it happened if they started evaluating during the game, but after the game, Frank said he was being evaluated for one. Sometimes the the symptoms don't come on until like the adrenaline stops and you kind of calm down a little bit. And I think that's probably what happened for Pitt. So right. hopefully that's good because if he's gone, I mean he's a big part of our offense. So. And Marcus Johnson quad, obviously, we've talked about him, missed the game. And tackle Will Holden ankle. Um, do I don't know if it's going to matter. I assume hopefully we'll have Costanzo and Smith back next week, but um, is Holden going to be there for some depth still? I would think so, especially with AC being iffy, it seems, in week to week whether he's going to play or not. And it kind of just depends if, if Braden Smith tested positive or not, or if he was just a close contact, that's that'll all determine if he's going to be available for Jacksonville. And moving along here, Colts place tight end Braden Smith, defensive tackle Rob Windsor and center Joey Hunt on the COVID-19 list this week. Obviously we knew about Braden Smith. <laughs> you called Braden Smith a tight end. Did I say tight end? Tackle. Tackle. You, you get, get it. it. You get it. Guy on the offensive line. Uh, Joey Hunt, that's another depth guy. I Haven't we used him in – oh, he was our he, – he, yeah, he was so, in for Ryan Kelly. That's right. He he came in actually. Um, it was against the Raiders when when Quentin Nelson was moved to left tackle. Joey Hunt oh, was yeah, the guy that guard. came in and played left guard. So um, he's been on the practice squad, but the Colts have been elevating him in, in case like Costanza goes down. Right. And this week he was placed on the COVID list, so that definitely didn't help either. Colts punter Rigoberto Sanchez has been named the Colts recipient of the 2020 Ed Block Courage Award. What is that? So the Ed Block Courage Award, it's someone on the team that, that exemplifies um, just just courage and, and putting it all out there for your, for your team. And obviously, Ricoberto Sanchez going out and, and playing less than a month after he has a cancerous tumor removed from his body. And he actually played in a game with the tumor all still on his body. Well, he I played mean, in a few. It's just he played one that. after he knew it was there. To right. Be fair. You can't get any more courageous than that. So well-deserved for Rigo. Man, that's way too long, that sound effect. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, did well-deserved, though. He deserves a big round yeah, of applause. He deserves it. Well, the Colts team didn't deserve a fucking applause today, I'll tell you that much. All right, we lost. Get over it. Move along. Uh, games around the league and some NFL news. Week 16, Saints. Unbelievable. Uh, Alvin Kamara, most touchdowns by a Saint in franchise history, I believe, was six um, congratulations to everybody that had him on their fantasy team during championship week. Um, must be nice. They beat the Vikings 52 so, to 33. Your, your fiance Paige has Alvin Kamara on her team and his six rushing touchdowns actually ties the NFL record for somebody that, uh, 
I think the last guy that did it was in 1929. So a record that's almost held for a hundred years, Kamara tied it. So Paige lost to my beautiful girlfriend, Danny last week in the semis. So I would have had to play her in the championship instead. Yeah. Now you're beating your, she's in the losers. So I am, I am on my way to a fantasy victory. Knocked on wood, uh, two might be two fantasy championships. I am celebrating tonight. Hopefully. Wow. Uh, I, <laughs> my mom has Derrick Henry and Aaron Rodgers playing tonight, so I likely uh, will lose to just the two of them, probably, considering the Titans' secondary is terrible and the Packers' rushing defense is terrible. Not a good mix for me. Yikes. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, 52-33, Saints over Vikings. Uh, Buccaneers just absolutely put it on. The I don't even think Tom Brady played in the second half. 47-7, to Bucks over Lions. Not at all in the second half. That's absurd. Um, and he still had like 348 yards yeah, and four nothing says in Nothing the first says half. you're our bitch and we know we cannot lose this game, like benching the quarter or setting the quarterback after one half. Um, <laughs> 49ers somehow, some way, I just don't understand. Beat the Cardinals 20 to 12. Um, George Kittle is back. We'll, we'll just attribute it to that. Um, Dolphins do beat the Raiders on a little knockout back and forth in the last two minutes of the game uh, match, 26 to 25, and your boy Tua got benched again for the second time this season since he's been in, um, and the second time Ryan Fitzpatrick's brought him back to win, and he'll be starting again next week, Tua will. Fitz, Fitz magic is real. I mean, the dude's getting his helmet ripped off of his face, and he completes a 40-yard 40 40-yard 40 reception. I mean, it Did you see Patrick when, Mahomes' when, tweet? Yeah, I saw. He that. said, best, "He said, sorry, time. sorry. I know I'm uh, I'm late, but yeah, best no look pass of all time." Yeah, I mean, it certainly helps when when John Gruden decides to freaking kick a field goal instead of going for the touchdown. But uh, yeah, yeah, the Raiders' dumb decision uh, is is great for the Dolphins. It keeps their playoff hopes alive. I kind of kept an eye on this game. The Chiefs beat the Falcons 17-14. Not an impressive showing for them, but the Falcons' defense lately has just been really good. So um, Chiefs find a way. That's what they do. Uh, I, I mean, at, at zero point in that game, I think, ah, Chiefs might lose this one. Not once. The Chiefs just look bored, and and I mean, hopefully they can, for their sake, they can flip a switch once it's playoff time. But I'm sure they will. I don't know if they're – if they if they go against this Buffalo team, I think Buffalo has a real chance of beating Kansas City. So uh, I don't I, do I think they will. Well, do not forget. I don't know. Do not forget but that the I Chiefs played be from behind in every playoff game they played in last year, including the Super Bowl. It's just what they do. They've won twenty three out of their last twenty four, or some shit like that. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but but Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen. That's all I'll say. Big hands. All right. <laughs> throw it over them mountains there i, I guess you're not gonna chime in on the big hands comment yeah throw it over the mountains um, nah, i'm i'm gonna let you handle that one <laughs> that's what you not listen to i know you used to listen to part of my take when they were talking about draft josh and his big hands no, all I right bears 41 jaguars 17 fuck you jaguars uh I, I mean i just absolutely hate you i really do and i hate the jets um because that's two games down. We'll wait. Bengals, 37, Texans, 31. 
Bears we're going to be good. facing Trevor Lawrence. We're going to be facing to Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson in the AFC South for the next fifteen to twenty years. I, ah, <laughs> uh, that's yeah, that sucks. Uh, the Bears nowhere else to put it, but man, that sucks. You know what? Let's just fingers crossed. Hope he's a bust. Um. The Bears have the playoffs in their own hands. All they got to do is uh, go beat Green Bay next weekend. Which, the way they're using Mitch Trubisky right now, you know, intelligently, uh, it, it's a possibility. It's a possibility because that uh, defense for the Packers, not great. Bengals 37, Texans 31. Jets beat the Browns, who in all fairness were missing four wide receivers. Um 23-16, I mean, the Jets didn't just say, we don't want Trevor Lawrence, but they doubled down on it. Um, and, and just in case the Jaguars decided to win another game, the Jets said, well, we'll win We'll win another one too. Um, <laughs> fucking assholes. <laughs> Josh, hey, no Sam Darnold for the Colts, so just get that out of your, uh, out of your mind. Ravens. Yeah, I don't see, I don't see the... Jets taking a quarterback hey. now. I think they'll, pro- but you never know. Maybe they'll draft Zach Wilson and and Sam Darnold will be back on the trading block. But if I'm the Jet, if I'm the Jets GM, I I build around Sam Darnold because yeah. I mean, Sam Darnold's shown that he can he can be a pretty good quarterback. He just needs some help around him. And we forget Sam Darnold is six months younger than Joe Burrow. The kid's still very young and has a lot of time left to improve. Get Adam Gase the hell out of the Jets organization. Get him a coach like Eric Bellamy or or another offensive minded coach, and 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 build around Sam Darnold. That would be the best uh, path for the Jets now. Ravens twenty seven, Giants thirteen. That was a boring ass game. Uh, I didn't watch any of this next one. Chargers. I really didn't watch any of the four o'clock games, uh, aside from a little Seahawks Rams, but chargers do beat the Broncos 19 to 16 as Andrew and I predicted. Um, Justin Herbert, uh, now has the record for most touchdown passes by a rookie. So I think offensive rookie of the year. Yeah. It's locked up to him. Chase Claypool didn't do enough. Chase Claypool didn't do enough these last few weeks to maintain his offensive rookie of the year uh, candidacy. Panthers do beat the football team 20 to 13. Cowboys beat the Eagles 30 to 17. I do you know who's winning that division right now? Is it I it's still Washington? Just no, wondering. the Cowboys. Now. I honestly I, I honestly was just wondering who is you can leading. Let's you can let's take Let's take a look under the hood. You look it up. I'll talk about the Seahawks and the Rams. Seahawks beat the Rams 20 to 9. Listen, guys, Jared Goff sucks. I mean, he's bad, bad. I mean, the dude, I, I don't know what the announcer was talking about. He goes, Jared Goff trying to get it to Robert Woods here, ends up throwing a throwing an interception. Robert Woods wasn't even on the screen. I mean, Jared Goff was throwing this to no one. There was no one near him. I don't know where this ball was supposed to be going. He threw it to the defender. That was the only person on the fucking screen. Um, I think the Rams need to go get Matt Stafford if we don't. I would love to have Matt Stafford. You're against it, so let's just forget about it. Rams should get Matt Stafford because they sure as hell don't need to re-sign Jared Goff because he throws a terrible football. He throws a hard-to-catch football. And when a defense has the beat... On Are you smoking crack? When the defense has a beat on uh, 
Sean McVay's offense and they're able to shut down the offense itself, you cannot count on Jared Goff to create anything for that offense. He sucks. Well, uh, that may be one of your worst takes. No, nope, and they're still and they're a bad football. Jared, Jared, Jared Goff He's, sucks. Throws a bad ball. Hard to catch ball. Uh, also, Jared Goff throws perfect spirals almost constantly, and he's nah. got one of the best deep balls in the entire league. Nah. Jared Goff is nah. fine. Jared, Jared Goff, Goff sucks. Can at least stay. On, Jared Goff can at least stay on the field. Matthew Stafford is injured every other game. I don't want a quarterback. That's You'd be injured, injured every, every other game, game if you played for the fucking Lions too. Okay. Do you think the Rams' offensive line is much better than the Lions? Yes. I don't know about that one. I I don't want I don't want Matthew Stafford who is constantly injured on my team. You know who's uh, is? And I don't I don't want him on the Colts either because I'd rather have Philip Rivers than Matthew Stafford it, by a long shot. Nah, not in a million years. I still would rather have Matt Stafford. Um, either way, moving along. They're going to sign. Never, they're going to sign. Never won a, no. I don't We're give a talk shit about this. You want Matt Stafford? I don't give a shit. Phil Rivers. Won a Phil Rivers. Game when's the last time Phil Rivers won a playoff career. game? When he had LT. Okay, but he's won uh, more than Matthew Stafford. Oh Matthew my God, Stafford he won zero. Oh, Detroit's a dumpster fire. It has been for years. That's why Barry Sanders said, "Fuck it, I'm retiring." Okay. Um, okay, so is San Diego. Dude, Phil Rivers took him to an AFC Championship game. They're not a dumpster fire every year. They've had some. Never mind. Moving along. The Rams are going to sign Jared Goff. You're terrible. Jared Goff is going to get paid way too much money to remain below to maybe average quarterback. Injuries around the league. Considering Jared Goff already has signed a max contract. Did that already happen? He's going to be in Los Angeles for a long time. See, there you go. Too much money. (sighs) Injuries around the league. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray leg injury left the game, but it does not seem serious. Jets defensive tackle Quinn and Williams neck injury out for the season, which you know was next week. So, um, <laughs> Lions quarterback Matt Stafford sprained ankle, may miss Week 17. Doesn't matter. Uh, other news around the league: NFL plans to expand regular season to 17 games per team in 2021. All right. So it's not official quite yet, but the the teams, do you think that's going to happen? Um, the preseason would be cut to two to three games, and and but teams would still only have one bye week, so they wouldn't get two like was originally thought. Um, and and well, like I said, there hasn't been an official announcement on that, but teams do expect this to get done in in a matter of weeks or or maybe down the line in a couple months, but probably will have seventeen games starting next year. Love to see it. Colts, did you already say the rest of those notes? Yeah, you did. Okay. Um, I got distracted by kicking my little drawer here. Seahawks wide receiver Josh Gordon has a setback with a substance abuse, and the NFL has deemed him ineligible to return. The sad shit is I'm pretty sure all he did was like miss an appointment with a therapist. I don't think it was another negative or positive test. Well, I mean... Don't miss an appointment. There's really no excuse for that, honestly. That's yeah. on. That's completely on him. I, I mean, it's sad, but I really don't have any. I, I I'm trying to think of what the right word is. I don't have any. I mean, it's sad, but I don't feel any remorse for Josh Gordon anymore. This dude's been given so many chances, and if he, I mean, eventually, like, he can't get it right. The team should just give up on him. I mean, it's this. 
we go through this every single year. So not surprising that he's continuing to have trouble. Sure. Giants resign safety Logan Ryan to a three-year $31 million extension. Good for him. Baltimore Ravens have been fined $250,000 for violating COVID protocols that led to their outbreak in November. Good. Um, while the NFL's at it, they can go ahead and find Eric Ebron for not wearing his uh, uh, mask on the sideline today, just because I hate him. The Ravens didn't lose any draft picks or anything like this, so honestly $250,000 is kind of like a slap in the wrist. So whether it's $250,000 or $0 to an NFL franchise that makes billions of dollars a year, I mean, that's who really cares unless you're going to yep. dock them draft picks or suspend people. God damn it, dog. <laughs> what is going on here? Very confused. Um. Okay. Sorry. Everyone. Are you good over there? Yeah, I'm good. I just didn't know what the hell was going on. Um. So, Andrew, let's move along here to your segment of the week. Colts player of the game. Isn't it usually player of the week? I don't know. But either way, Andrew, which one of the Colts players this week made you say, You like that? You like that? I mean, it's the kid that's been taken over and dominating for, for a few weeks now. It's Jonathan Taylor. Um, sucks we couldn't really get him the ball much in the second half because today he had 18 carries for 74 yards and, and two touchdowns. He just keeps getting better and better every week. Um, if he has another performance like this, honestly, I think he'll be able to go over the 1,000-yard mark in his rookie season. He's got 10 total touchdowns on the year. If you're a Colts fan, you you have to be excited about what Jonathan Taylor is bringing to this backfield and how he is continuing just to get better and better every week. And he looks like he's going to be a franchise running back for the Colts for for years to for years to come. So, yeah. uh, one of the bright spots today, and otherwise a, a crushing loss for the Indianapolis Colts. It was so crushing because we we had it. we were there like we were talking shit at halftime like we got this like. I'm I'm giving you shit like Andrew. What mm. did I say we were gonna win by again? And you know, and of course I jinxed us probably. So I should have knocked on some wood. But yeah, Jonathan Taylor, player of the game for sure. I wouldn't. I don't have a single other player on the field that I would I'd throw out there, um, over him for sure, or even close to him. Um, yeah, he's our he he he's our number one running back now, and he's a true number one running back. Um, super impressed with the way he's progressed this year. Um. What do you think, Andrew, in regards to Marlon back this offseason? And it, how do you think that plays out? What would you like to see play out? I, I honestly think there's there's a good chance that, that Marlon Mack comes back with the Colts. Um, obviously, he's a free agent after this year. I don't think while, – while he went healthy, Marlon Mack is a Pro Bowl caliber back – I just don't know if the market is really going to be there for a running back that's coming back after a torn Achilles. Yeah. Um, that a lot of times will scare teams away, especially if, especially when, when the cap is going to be a little less than because of everything that's happened this year. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be too big of money. I could very easily see the Colts bringing him back on like maybe a one year deal for, for, million dollars or so um, mm-hmm. to see if he does have 
if he can come back from that Achilles injury. Um, and I'd love to have Marlon Mack back. He's a Pro Bowl back, great guy. He's been helping these younger backs even while he's been injured. Um, and I think he's a horseshoe guy through and through. So um, we'll just have to see once free agency comes around. Jonathan Taylor would be the starter. Mm, I think maybe the start, maybe. How much? How much? How much money did you say we should pay Marlon Mack? It, you cut out a little bit. I, I I didn't say a specific amount. I you think said like maybe a, he could come back, come back for like a one year deal for maybe, oh I don't know, three to five million. Okay, maybe I could see that happening. Um, Which is not top like tier prove a deal. Not top tier running back money. So you can't pay him that kind of money and then turn around and start him right. Like just it, or at least like you said, beginning of the season maybe not. Um, you could be like, well, hey, now you've earned it, so we'll pay you next year. Well, I, I honestly don't think I don't think the Colts care about whoever's getting paid more needs to start. I think they're just going to go with with whoever's performing. And and maybe it I, obviously they're probably going to take it a little bit easy if they do resign Marlon Mack and make sure that he can come back from that Achilles injury. But at the same time, I think if he comes back and can get to training camp healthy, um, it'll yeah. probably be be a battle between between him and Jonathan Taylor for that that quote-unquote starting role when really the Colts rotate back so much it it doesn't really matter and they're just they're as long as Frank Reich's the head coach they're going to ride the hot hand to whoever it is so uh, but I very well could see that and then kind of that a little competition for who is the starting back if you will but but maybe then we can finally see that one one punch that the Colts were so excited to talk about earlier this offseason before before Matt got hurt all right last question I could put it off till our next episode, um, but I'll forget. So if we miss the playoffs, do we re-sign Phillip Rivers, or do you think we should? My answer is no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely, 100%. You also we didn't, want Matthew Stafford. I don't so. give a shit. We didn't sign a guy to, for $25 million for a year to miss the playoffs. It's unacceptable. If, if if the Colts do not make the playoffs this year, it's an absolute failure. I wouldn't say that. I would. Hundred percent. This team, the, this team has still won ten games. I mean, possibly eleven. Only one team since nineteen ninety has missed the playoffs, but going eleven and five. Oh, so, and, this, and the really sad part is rather, the really sad part is there's a whole extra spot this year. <laughs> Right, that just just kind of shows how competitive the the AFC is. I mean, so and by that logic, you'd be okay with making the playoffs and re-signing like an Andy Dalton who made the playoffs at the Cowboys win. Uh, let's let's save that. I'm going to say Andy answer. Dalton is their backup. I, they didn't sign Andy Dalton to come take them to the playoffs and supposedly drastically improve the team. I mean, he still might take them to the playoffs. I'm going to save my answer for this for after the season because I after the season I think we'll do an entire episode on the Philip Rivers experiment and kind of go in depth on that. So I'm gonna save that for that episode. Fine. All right. Um guys this preview episode this week um basically might have it might not um have some family emergencies going on in my family that prevent me from being able to record at our normal time. So if Andrew and I are able to work something out, then you'll have an episode if we're not, or just choose not to and 
head throw you into the new year just waiting for a recap episode of the Jacksonville Jaguars game then that's what happened hopefully we can record if not though just know there's a chance we might not have an episode um hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas I know I did I know Andrew did minus uh being buried in mountains of snow Andrew anything else to, <laughs> before we wrap up um yeah, it definitely was weird waking up in South Bend at my uh, girlfriend's family's and being under a foot of snow, having to drive back to Fort Wayne. But, yeah, I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas. Uh, the sky isn't falling quite yet. The Colts still have a chance to make the playoffs. Um, a good chance. Just have a, we just have to have, have to have some help. And and this Colts team, I think, when when healthy, can compete with with about anybody so we'll we'll hopefully get ac and braden smith back against jacksonsville that will make a world of a difference and if we can stay healthy and get into the playoffs colts are going to be a dangerous team so don't panic quite yet all right go follow us on our instagram twitter facebook all the goods at the educated fan that's at t-h-e-e-h-d-u-c-a-t-e-d-f-a-n you know the rules um and until this week or next week go colts go colts i fucking love football and i love you guys here comes the here comes the here comes the y'all don't really want it like yeah here comes the